listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, 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 I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord, for your Word, Father, and I thank you Lord, as we minister this word today, that our faith would not just grow, but get to a place, Lord, where we can believe for miracles and signs and wonders, Lord, right here in our midst, Lord, and that we would bring pleasure to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome those that have joined us on Facebook and uh, on our uh, streaming on our website. Good to have you here today. If you would like to give towards the ministry, if you're being blessed, you can do that on the website or on the app. Um, and please subscribe to our YouTube page and you'll get uh, notifications of uh, new things, that new videos and things that are going to be in there. And so uh, thank you for joining us. And if you are joining us on Facebook Live, just say a little something so that we know that you're there and um, that we know that you're being blessed and that this is working for people outside the church. So God bless you. Thank you for joining us. So faith in action. But uh, I'm going to ask for just a moment, uh, whoever's in the sound booth there in the computer, you're not going to be able to follow me here at the, at the beginning, so just hang on. You can leave the, uh, what do we got behind me here? Faith in action. So you can just leave that up there for a few minutes until I get to the actual message this morning. So, you know, I always study at the beginning of the week, usually Monday, Tuesday, usually Tuesday, sometimes into Wednesday. I pray, uh, even after I leave here on Sunday, I start praying, Lord, what would you have you know, what, what, what do your sheep need next week? You know, what do we need to feed them? And uh, the Lord just kept impressing on my heart to begin to teach on faith. Now, I have a, a whole series out of the book of James on faith, and um, some, some of that I'll be mentioning today, uh, but I'm going to cover some of that today, and then next week also we're going to cover uh, miracles or we're going to cover healing, uh, also out of the, some of it out of the book of James. And, uh, but if you would like to, you know, listen to that entire series uh, it's more of an expository teaching verse per verse, and that's on the, uh, on the app, or you can also see it on our YouTube page. Uh, I think it's called the Book of James is, is what it's called. Um, but let's go to Hebrews, and this is not going to be behind me here, but Hebrews chapter 11, very familiar chapter, the chapter on faith. And I'm going to read verse 6. Uh, I want to kind of set a, a foundation for what I'm going to speak on today. But it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please. Everybody say please. Please him. Wow, you guys are. <laughs> please, please. The plane. I watched an episode of Fantasy Island the other day. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Remember, I am the I am. Believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But without faith, faith it is impossible to please God. Impo not You maybe could be. No, it says impossible to please. And I looked up this word uh, uh, please, and it's part of the word pleasure or contentment, and it basically means that, you know, when your children do good things, and, and they, they get good grades, and they behave, and they find good spouses, and, you know, I'm older now, so they get married, and they make, they make wonderful grandchildren, and, you know, you're so proud of them, and it brings you, doesn't it bring you pleasure? Yes. Now, when they misbehave, and they disobey, and they do the things they're not supposed to do, and they get into trouble, and they make you pull your hair out of your head and, you know, and you're like, I already told you not to do that. You did it anyway. And exactly what I said happened. And, I, and you want to tell them I told you so, but you really can't. And sense the frustration a little bit. So and then they become adults and you still want to try and tell them what to do because you're seeing them make all these mistakes. And I'm like, oh, come on. Right. Does it, it doesn't it doesn't bring you pleasure. 
This is what it's talking about here. It says, it is impossible to please God, to bring him pleasure or contentment without faith. Why is that? Because we don't really get to experience all the promises of God and all of the, the signs and wonders that he has promised in our life without faith. And if we're not experiencing everything that he paid for, that does not bring him pleasure. He's not content. He's not happy with that. Why? Because he gets mad that we're disobedient? No. Does he get mad because we don't walk in faith? No. He just, that's not the reason. The reason is because he knows the goodness that he's given us, the, the, the promises and, and all the miracles and all the everything that's in here, the new covenant that he's promised us, right? We're not taking advantage of all that because of lack of our own faith. I always say that God is not going to and fro across the earth trying to see who's in need to meet their need. God is going to and fro across the earth to see who has faith so that he can act upon that faith and bring him glory and bring him honor. Because if he was just looking for people's needs to meet, then everyone's needs would be met. And people in Kenya, babies in Kenya wouldn't be hungry. And, you know, people wouldn't be killed in China for proclaiming Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Things would be different if that was the case. If he was just going around trying to take care of everybody's problem. But he's not. He's going around looking where he can find his contentment. Where he can receive this pleasure. Because it is impossible to please him without faith. Right? So what we've done with faith over the years is... We've created this mixture and we've blended in our own way of thinking. And it's very easy to do that here in the States. Uh, we were uh, in Miami one time. We had a, a, a lady. She was a minister that went around Honduras to these different tribes and stuff. And, and she was called to the ministry when she was a baby, when she was very small. She never got married and she lived alone. And all she had was this little tape recorder and boxes of batteries. And she had this little recorder and she would listen to, it, to tapes. You guys remember what tapes are? Oh, I got most of you on that one. The younger tape. What's that? CDs are like, you know, no, we need a flash driver, right? So they hang stuff on their keychains and around their neck now. Everything's on there, music and everything. Now everything's on your phone. You don't even need, you know, my wife said, let's make CDs the other day. I was like, what? No. We'll just put it on a flash drive and let everybody download it onto theirs, and then everybody will have it, and you don't have to waste the CD. But this lady came from Honduras to uh, our church in Miami to minister, and uh, we invited her, and, and she would lay hands on people, and they were instantly healed. People were getting up out of wheelchairs, people were, were, uh, that couldn't bend over, that walked funny because they had, uh, they even, one lady even had a, a, her hip infused because she couldn't have, she was too old to have hip surgery, so they just fused, so she walked, and she couldn't imagine your leg not being able to move because, you know, they had to fuse the ball there to get rid of the pain, and it was completely healed. She went back, they took an x-ray, and says, where did you get your surgery? He says, I didn't have surgery. It was, the, the ball was in there, everything was in there, and she was able to move her leg again. A complete, total miracle. And we're like, wow, man, and she's just laying, she's prophesying over people. She came to the youth to minister, I'll never forget, and they were all in line. She went to lay hands on somebody and laid hands on, on uh, this one young girl and, and, uh, and, and said, don't worry, your parents are going to support you. You can tell them you're pregnant. And it's like, oh, <laughs> That's, it's a bit much. You know, that happened a couple of times in our church. We had another guy, disciples of Christ, they were rappers back in the day, and he was called Mike the Prophet. And he was, man, and he, laid, he did the same thing with another girl. But, um, yeah, they're pretty busy down there in Miami. But uh, so she, she uh, was laying hand. Then finally I got to talk to her. You know, I was kind of the guy that, that took around the visitors. And so I got to talk to her for a little bit. And I was like, you know, what is it? And I was, you know, in the Lord for just a couple of years. And I wanted to know everything. I was like the two-year-old. Why, 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 why? I want to know why. I want to know why. I want to know why. I want to know why about everything. Right? So I said, you know, why is it that we're not able to have that here? She goes, because of all your distractions. And I was like, what do you mean? She says, yeah, you have doctors, you have medicine, you have TV, you have, you know, nowadays you want to keep adding to that. We have WebMD. You know, we have back, this was back in the 80s. So it was late 80s, early 90s. So it was a little different, early 90s at this point. But, you know, it was a little different. Now we have all these things that we intermingle and we, we, we add to our faith. And all it does is rob us of these miracles and of these promises that God has given us. Why? Because we have an out. Right? We can just take this pill twice a day for 10 days and we could feel better. Or we can do this or do that. And, you know, the other day we were talking about people that, that get... And, and I'm not against medicine. Believe me, this is not my preaching today. I'm for faith, not against medicine. 
So one of them, would, you know, they would go and they, they would get a, a block or whatever in their back. And it, it's, I guess it's some kind of thing to take away the pain. I'm like, wouldn't we want to take away what's causing the pain rather than just what's right? Than the, just the pain? Because I would think that if the pain's there for a purpose, God created pain. Did you know that? It's there for a purpose. And, you know, one of the things of, of leprosy is that you don't feel pain. That's why people would twist their ankle and they would keep walking on it normally because they wouldn't feel pain. And then little by little, that ankle would become either broken or dislocated and, and you know, it would become worse because of pain. You ever notice how, you know, when you have something that hurts, you kind of limp a little bit and you, you favor something else because of that pain. That pain's there to help you heal. There's a purpose for it. But it's not there to be taken away and that you continue with whatever it is that's causing that pain. So what we do is we intermingle everything, and God's up there going, man, I want to move amongst my people. I want, I want miracles to happen. I want to, I want to receive the glory for the power that I'm capable of, not just the power that you're experiencing, because that makes me look so small. But we don't serve a small God. We serve a big God. That's just the foundation of what we're going to preach today. Our reference scripture for today will be out of James chapter 2. James is one of the most practical books of the Bible. It has been called the Proverbs of the New Testament. This James is Jesus' half-brother. We call him half-brother because he had a different father, right? He became a pastor of a church. So he understood what it meant to be able to preach to the people and, and bring their faith to a place of bringing God glory and bringing God honor. So as I was reading and studying the book of James, I realized that it is a book that is trying to get our faith in line with God's word and not in line with our lifestyle or what, what, what we already know. Sometimes it is better to teach somebody about faith that has never heard anything, never been in a church, that just got saved, a brand new baby Christian, than to get somebody that has been in the faith for 30 years and has a misconception in their mind already or a, a, a preconceived idea of what faith is. Now you got to remove that which is harder, and teach them again something that, you know, that is going to be completely new. It's a whole paradigm shift. So I'm trying to skip through some of this. So everyone has faith. Faith is a belief in something that has a corresponding action that is associated with that faith. You can't just have faith and not have some kind of action with it. Faith is very similar to love. You can't just say, I love you, and not have some kind of corresponding action to that emotion. Because right. love is a verb, right? It's something, it causes action. Well, faith is the same way. You can't have faith. Faith is not something you sit there and you conjure up. I just believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Oh, still there. That's not how that works. Listen, you're laughing, but we do that. We, in our own mind, in our, we, oh, faith in Jesus' name, and we pray in tongues for an hour, and, and we do all the, oh, and we want it to happen, and I believe, and we quote scripture, and, we, and, then, and then nothing happens. Why is that? Because we're not putting any action to our faith. We're not putting any action to our faith. Faith in action is today's message. See, you've already used your faith this morning. You got into your car, started it, and drove it here. Yeah. You didn't get into the car and go, oh, I believe, I believe, I believe this car's going to start. Oh, it started. Yes, some, maybe there's one or two of you in here that, that, might be, <laughs> that might be hoping that. So, you know, so you did use your faith already this morning if you're driving a, a clunker. And that's okay. Be grateful for your clunker because the, the new car's on its way. Yeah. <laughs> So you already used your faith this morning. You had faith that that would happen, that you would crank your car and that you would be here this morning. If you're watching on Facebook because your car didn't start, then you didn't have enough faith. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. It's because your car wouldn't start. Let's not read into it. You walked into this building with the faith that the roof would not fall on you. Now, some of you may have walked in and you're here for the first time. You think, I'm such a sinner. This building, just, that's going to strike me down dead. I've heard that before. One guy tell me, I'm not going to church, man. The building will fall down on me. That's not how that works, is it? You sat in your chair believing that the chair would hold you. You didn't grab the chair, turn it around. You didn't sit in it really slowly like, oh, boy, I hope it doesn't hit the ground. 
Now, in Bolivia, we do that because they have those plastic chairs and the ceramic floor. You know, those white plastic chairs? We double them up because you just you sit in them and the legs go, Poof! <laughs> We've had, we've had, um, and it's always Americans that break them. It's not the Bolivians. The Boli- I won't tell you why, but you can figure that out on your own. But we're always the one that break those chairs. Now they got really nice chairs in there in the Bolivian church. But the corresponding action does not save us. It is just an expression of what we believe. See? See, James is helping us understand what we should believe in God and his word. And because we believe in God and his word, we should have a corresponding action, not the other way around. And we tend to do that. I'm not going to spend too much time here because this could get a little confusing. But what we do is we do a corresponding action before our faith, and then we have faith in our corresponding action rather than what God said. Does that make sense? And that's what we do. Well, I, you know, now we're not just having faith. Now we're doing something. Look, I move my arm and my shoulder still hurts. My elbow's still messed up. I, you know, I did this and, you know, I got off my medication and I ended up in the hospital. Well, you, maybe you should have kept taking your medication. We had one lady. One lady, had, she was born a diabetic. And she was diabetic most of her life. And she came to church and um, uh, they were praying over her. I, I wanna, I'm trying to remember where I saw I think it. Was, I think it was at a Benny Hinn con- conference. I think it was at a Benny Hinn conference in Miami at the Miami Arena. And he went to pray for her, and he says, what is your prayer? And she said, uh, I, I feel like I'm healed, and I feel like my, everything's working again, and I'm diabetic, and I've been taking insulin my whole life. And, and then I, th- I want to say it was, it was in, my, in my, I know it was in Miami. I'm pretty sure it was Benny. He says, you continue taking your medicine until it makes you sick, and then you'll know you, you're healed. Wow. So I was like, this is a little much for me because, you know, this is Benny Hinn. And he, at that moment, he was having this great healing ministry. And, and so he laid hands on her and he says, you are healed. And, and tomorrow you're going to go to the doctor and he's going to tell you to get off of your insulin because, because it's making you sick because you're, you're, you know, your pancreas and everything is working the way it should. And sure enough, she did. And there was a, a you know, a, a, a testimony night and everything and she came back and said you know i got sick and i ended up in the hospital (laughs) it was like what happened because i took my insulin like i always do and i got sick and they told me why are you taking insulin i've been diabetic my whole life because no you're not everything is working just fine and she was completely completely healed she had a corresponding action she believed she walked up front she got hands laid on she confessed with her mouth that she was already healed and she she even had faith I know it sounds a little weird, but she even had faith that the insulin would make her, you know, not feel well enough to know that she was already healed. We all believe something, and we express that with our action. What you believe, you express with your action. Sometimes you don't even have to share what you believe with people. They can just see it by the way that you behave. James chapter 2, verse 14 in the New International Version says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can faith save them? James 2.14 in the New Living Translation says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? You didn't know that, did you, that your salvation is something that requires action? Here we go. See if any of you ever come back again. So... We do, we do this prayer, this special sinner's prayer, right? We have a prayer that, you know, a lot of people do, and we repent, and we do it here. We ask people to come up front. It's an action that you do. See, but now that your faith has caused you to come up front, to receive Jesus, to ask for forgiveness of your past, now the actions that comes after that is you're no longer that person, for you have become a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new so what's the action the action is i'm not that guy anymore now may you slip you know you may if you were accustomed to cussing all the time you may have a little word slip here and there but your actions say i'm gonna i'm gonna start working my way towards proving or showing or having faith in the action that i am saved that's why sometimes we question people's salvation now i'm not one to question anybody's salvation because i'm not god But sometimes we look at people and say, are they really saved? Oh, yeah, I did the sinner's prayer. But what is the action? Show me your salvation by the way that you behave. Now, nobody's perfect. But, man, after 30 years, something should have changed. Right? Salvation should have come to the surface somewhere, somehow. There should have been an action there. Faith and works or actions must work together. 
There must be a balance between the two. We need to be careful not to become so works-oriented that we abandon faith in God and and His Word and begin to have faith in our works. And then we do that. Do we not do that? We become works-oriented and we just do works and we do works. Why are you doing that work? What word are you standing on? What did God say about what you're believing for? That's where your faith is. Faith comes by and hearing by the word, not by the action. Right? So you're believing in faith in the word, and that's why my action comes after that, not before that. We need to be careful not to become so faith-oriented that we fall into foolishness or presumption. (laughs) In the book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, James describes three lifestyles of faith. Two of them are negative, and one of them is dynamic or positive. Let's look at 2 Corinthians, lifestyles of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 in the New International Version says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? We just preached this. Unless, of course, you fail the test. So the first one is, Uh, lifestyles of faith, three of them, two of them are negative. The first one is negative, and it's faith that is dead. Dead faith. James chapter 2, 17 says, In the same way, faith by itself, it is not accompanied by action, is dead. dead. So that's that faith. Oh, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe I can fly, right? I believe. I believe. But there's no action. That faith is dead. See, it is a quote by John Calvin says, It is faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies can never be alone. Say that again. It is faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies can never be alone. Faith is not meant to be alone. It is meant to be paired up with your actions. Faith without authenticating action is empty. See, two things that reveal that your faith is dead. The first one is lip service. You can fill this out. Lip service, not lifestyle. Lip service, not lifestyle. This is when we talk about our faith, but not, we're not living it or doing it. We speak perfect Christianese. We say all the right things, but we do not walk it out. We can talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk. Our actions contradict our faith. (laughs) James 2, verses 15 and 16, New International Version. Suppose another brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? We cannot have a go-in-peace kind of faith. Our faith has to have action. Not just lip service, but lifestyle. It has to have a lifestyle. The next one is leaves and no fruit. Leaves and no fruit. We raise our hands the highest. We tilt our heads and wrinkle our faces. <laughs> As if that is the sign that there's something happening to us. We carry a big Bible. We wear the right clothes. We have all the Christian bumper stickers on our car, but we have no fruit. See, Matthew 7 says that a good tree bears good fruit. What is your fruit? Remember the fig tree? Jesus saw the leaves, but noticed that it was not bearing any fruit. He went to go get fruit. Why? Because there was leaves on on the fig tree. There's leaves over there. Let's go get it. And there was no fruit, and then he cursed it. See, we have all the leaves, but when the people come to get fruit, we have a faith that we live, but when the people come to experience that faith, they just find leaves. There's no fruit on the tree. What would Jesus do with that? I don't want to wither away. I want to bear fruit. And not just any fruit, but fruit that remains. James 2, 17. 
In the same way, faith by itself, and if not accompanied by action, is dead. We read that earlier. So the this next one is faith that is deceived. Faith that is deceived. Deception faith. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, You believe that there's one God. Good. Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right? So we have this belief system. We say, yes, we believe in God. And there's one God, creator of heaven and earth kind of God. And that's the God that I serve. And he is the God above all gods. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is awesome. He is above everything. He is the God of Israel. He's God. And we, and we mention him and we mention him and we mention him. And then that's great. Those are all just words. But show me that God. That's what the world needs. They need to, be, they need to experience that God face to face. Faith that is deceived is knowledge with no change. Quote scriptures day and night, yet there's no change. No love for Jesus. We love ourselves so much that we believe for the promises for our own well-being and not for anybody else. <laughs> Write it down because it's not on my notes. So, <laughs> no, I can't. I just said under the anointing, I need the anointing again, Lord. No love for Jesus, right? We want, we want all the promises. We want things to happen. We, we want to believe in faith for everything for our own benefit, but we don't want it for the benefit of someone else. See, Jesus doesn't bless us just so that we could be blessed and we could, right? Remember the blind man. He says he's been blind since birth. What did his parents do? What sin did they commit that caused him to be blind? Jesus said, wait a minute. He wasn't blind because of his parents' sin. He was blind so God could glorify himself. See, and he saw right? Why is God going to fulfill his promises of signs and wonders and healing and prosperity and everything that he says in his Bible in our lives? Why is he going to do that? He's going to do that to glorify himself. You thought it was about you, didn't you? You thought it was all about because God loves me. I'm his favorite, right? I'm going to prosper so I can drive a Mercedes and I can live in a big, beautiful house and I can show people that I'm godly because of what I have. I've seen these beautiful cars, Hummers and, and $100,000 cars, and, and then, you know, the little bumper sticker that says, God blessed me. I said, could, could, you, could you take and buy a, a $20,000 car? is a pretty good car. We don't buy cars that are, usually our cars are between ten dollars and $12,000. I don't buy a car more than that. I drive a pretty nice car. My wife drives a nice car. But we don't pay more than that. We got a little connection, so that's how we end up getting nice cars. But, but we don't pay more than that. Our, and, and right now we have car payments. We went, we went a while without car payments because we pay our cars off and drive them until, they're, until they rust into the ground. And so we do, right? If the car's going to keep... Now, if, it's, if the car's worth $1,000 and it costs $3,000 to fix, I think it's time to change the car, all right? So that car that's $100,000 that says blessed on it could... And, and I'm, oh man, I'm being so critical. I, forgive me. When it's all over, you can just, you know, forgive me and forget about all this, but it'll either change you or make you, right? right, right. It's, it's going to do something. It's doing something to me, yeah. right? I would, in my mentality, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I would say, yeah, man, drive and look at, you know, wow, that's a nice car. God gave it to me. While your neighbor's starving. Right. Wow. Why, would he, why would he give you that? Amen. And you wouldn't share... Now, can I drive a $20,000 car? That gives me $80,000 left over on a $100,000 car. What can I do with that $80,000? Buy someone else a car. We've done, we've handed, our, sometimes we've had an old car and we're like, we're done with it, but it still runs. We hand them the keys, say, here, you can have the, the old car. <laughs> Isn't that, that's just, I'm not bragging. That's just like, wow, man, that's so awesome to be able to do that. We, we, we didn't do it, uh, uh, you know, where we handed the whole house. But uh, when we left Oklahoma, my wife had a, a, a girl that worked for her, and she was a single mom, and, and my wife owned a daycare that we turned our, our two-and-a-half-car garage into a daycare, and we had it in the home. Uh, my wife's daycare, my wife does everything to excellence, so her daycare was one of the very few, if not the only, four-star daycare in the area. So whenever you called the city or whatever, or, or the county, you said, you know, I need a four-star daycare, it was the one in the garage in our house. <laughs> So, and we lived right by a school, so people that had kids in school and wanted to have, so they drove right by our house. It was, it was like very convenient. We were always full. She, she was very, very prosperous 
with that business. And she had this girl that worked for her. When we went to leave Oklahoma, we told the girl, I said, listen, we'll sell you the house for what we bought it for. We're not going to make anything off of it. And we'll give you the business. We're not going to, we had bought a lot of stuff for that daycare, but that daycare had been a blessing to us. And we left, we signed a contract. She rented the house, paid the mortgage on the house for a couple of years until she had enough money to buy it. She ended up buying the house. We didn't make a penny and we blessed her with that house. And she was, she was extremely blessed because of that. And you know, well, you should have sold it for a little more and made some. No, the Lord was moving us to just, right? I mean, we were, we were in Oklahoma for three years and, and we bought a house. I'm like, why would we buy a house? We're not staying here. Right? It's Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Why would we stay? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right? We, we, we were accustomed to being near beaches and being in a tropical climate. I didn't, you know, my, my father still lives in Tulsa and my brother lives in Tulsa. They all still live up there. But it, we knew that we weren't called to that place and that we needed to leave. And we ended up being able to bless somebody. Our action, see, we were blessed by that house and our action was able, was, caused us to be able to bless someone else. No love for Jesus. The next one is rebellion with no repentance. Yeah. Wow. All right? Faith that is deceived, rebellion with no uh, uh, repentance. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> wow, this is, this is, yeah, this is tough. It's tough for me too. Sometimes we believe in faith for something for us and then we brag about it. Wow. You know, re- you think rebellion is just rebelling against God? Sometimes we rebel against people that need to know about Jesus. And how do we do that? With, without repentance, we just rebel. We just, we act and behave like we deserve the, what we get. Wow. I don't want to live like that. Right. right? I want to live so blessed. And the more that you give, the more that he gives you. Yes, that's true. Yes. We become a conduit yep. of God's blessings into other people's lives. There's nothing wrong with having nice cars and big houses and Right, if that's what God wants you to have. But sometimes, do you really need that? That's the question. Rebellion with no repentance. Ready? The third one. We, went, we got through the, the negative ones. Let's get into the good ones. <laughs> Faith that is dynamic. I like to use the word audacious, but I didn't use it here. I used the word dynamic. Faith that is dynamic. James chapter 2, verses 21 through 22 says, Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. His faith was made complete by what he did. Three steps to dynamic faith. James chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. So we're going to move before the, the scripture we just read. In the same way, faith by itself, it is not accompanied by action, is dead. We've read that a couple of times. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. And don't, we do that sometimes. We try to show our faith without any deeds. Oh, I believe. I believe. I do. I believe in Jesus. Jesus is my Savior. I'm a Christian. And we share our faith sitting in a bar with our fifth shot in front of us. We share our faith in the middle of getting upset at somebody. I I was told I have road rage. Um, Getting upset at somebody. And you're in the car and you have somebody with you, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. That's what my New Life bumper stickers, New Life Church, you gotta come there, it's really good. Ah, you, you SOB, get out of my way. I can't believe this guy, how stupid is that? I love Jesus. You should come to my church. <laughs> Ow. That one hurt me. <laughs> You have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without your deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. People should be asking us about our faith. We shouldn't have to proclaim our faith, right? People should be saying, what is it about you? Why why is it that when you see somebody in need, you go right over to them and you say, can I pray for you? How many, you know, 
I had a guy, he, he's, he became a real close friend of mine. He's passed away uh, uh, just a few years ago. And um, just a wonderful man of God. And he came to me. We were at a uh, service area at, at a uh, dealership. I was bringing my car in to get fixed or something like that. Or I was visiting my friend there at the dealership. And this guy comes up to me. He goes, you're Pastor Rick. I said, yes, I'm Pastor Rick. And he says, uh, you know, my wife is, is going through uh, breast cancer right now. And, you know, and he tells me the whole story about what was happening and everything else. And he goes, would you pray for her? And I said, absolutely. And he went to turn around and walk away. I said, oh, wait, where are you going? And he says, uh, you're going to pray. I said, I'm going to pray right now. You're her husband. You have authority over her. I'm just going to pray and we're going to agree together right here. And we were, you know, we were, you see all the little service stations, you know, when you pull into one of those dealers and there are people walking around everywhere. And I grabbed this man and I pulled him towards me and, and we prayed for his wife right there. When I was done, he was crying. This is a man that had been a Christian a long time. He goes, that's never happened to me before. I was like, what do you mean? Did you not ask me to pray for your wife? And he says, yeah, but I always do that. And then they just walk away. So that's, that's what I'm accustomed to. I said, no, you asked me to pray. What better to pray than if we pray right here together and agree, right? right? Did it again at a, at a gym. I used to work out with, the, I won't say his name, but Mr. Daytona. He was, he was a bodybuilder, and we used to work out together. And uh, Sometimes uh, before they go into a competition, once they're all built up and ready to go, they get on a special diet, and some of them even take ibuprofen in large quantities to be able to take inflammation down because it, it causes uh, uh, you know, for the muscles to be seen better and all that. So he did that for years, and it, both his kidneys shut down completely. And uh, he needed a kidney transplant, which he ended up getting. But he had a tube, and he had this, and he came in to work out. I mean, he was still big, but he had this, you could see it under his shirt. I was like, what is that? And he says, he explained to me what was going on. And uh, he used to call me Father Ricardo. <laughs> he was Greek. So... He says, Father, I said, no, no, I'm not a father. So finally, I just left it alone because he just kept calling me. And so I just let him call me Father Ricardo. So I said, I'm going to pray for you. And then we're in a gym. Guys are grunting, you know. And this is not like, this is not no judgment zone. This is total judgment zone. This is like, you know, what are you doing here? Go down to Planet Fitness. This is one of those places, right? It's like, you know, they're all walking around. I call them meat markets, right? So they're all there and they're working out. And I grab this guy and I pull him towards me. And I start, and I, I'm praying, not out loud, but loud enough so he can hear me. But I had my head up against his ear. When I let him go, you could see his knot in his throat and his eyes are tearing up and he's holding it back, man. He's trying really hard. And I said, I believe God can heal you. Do you believe that? He goes, yes, Father Ricardo, I believe that. And I prayed for him right there. And every time I walked into the place, he would come and say, thank you so much for your prayers. We found a kidney. Uh, one of my cousins is a match, and she's going to give me her kidney. And, and he ended up getting a transplant, and, and you know, he ended up getting out of uh, uh, professional bodybuilding, even though he was still a trainer. But uh, he goes, I got totally healed, and I believe that it was because of that prayer that day. Right? Come on, we should step out in our faith. James uh, 2, 17 through 18, I read uh, number one. Three steps to dynamic faith. Number one is dynamic faith steps out. Steps out. That's an action. You ever seen uh, uh, Indiana Jones, right? He goes to step out. You have to have faith. And he steps out there and it was always there. He just couldn't see it, the, the walkway. And then he throws the rocks on it and then you could see it. But he had to take that first step of faith, that first leap of faith. Steps out. James 2.21 was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Talk about stepping out. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. He's probably remembering, I'm almost 100, and I made a baby. Right? He's probably thinking, my wife's womb was dead. And she made, we made a baby together because God's miracle happened. In her, because, right? That's easy. <laughs> Make sure to see how many... All, everybody knows where babies come from, right? So when God told them that they were going to have a baby, there was a corresponding... Right? The others are going, what? What's he talking about? Why are they laughing? They had to step out in faith. And now he has the baby... He grows up, he's a teenager, he's looking at him going, look at the promise of God right here. And God says, yeah, you're going to sacrifice that. You're going to give that up. And he says, you know what? He'll, he'll provide. Gee, there's a whole teaching here. 
He puts the wood on Isaac's back. Don't spare your children. Don't coddle your children. We create a whole generation of people who have temper tantrums because they don't get their way. Here's Isaac carrying the wood up to his own sacrifice. Hey, Daddy, where's the, where's the sacrifice? Where's the, the lamb? Where's the, oh, don't worry. God will provide. And then he builds the altar and lays his son on the altar. Not once does it say that Isaac fought back, that Isaac questioned his father. Don't worry, God will provide. He's laying there while his dad holds a knife. You know, we always talk about Abraham's faith. How about Isaac? Isaac not only had faith in God, but he had faith in his father. And, if, and his father's relationship with God. This guy lost it. My dad lost it. He's, 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 I don't know, this has become a cult. Right? <laughs> what, what, he went over the deep end. This is crazy. He's a hundred and something years old. He's got dementia. Something's going on here. Right? He's hearing voices and now he's going to stick this knife. And Isaac said, no, I trust him. Not only do I trust God, I trust him. And when he holds his action, when he held that knife up like this, the angel came and said, oh, I got you. We wanted to make sure that that didn't become your God. Because that was part of your action. See, they took, he, he took Isaac and said, yeah, this was created by your action, but it was your faith in me that made this miracle happen. And we're going to make sure that that's at the forefront always. And that's why we were willing to sacrifice him because he wanted to say, wait a minute, I did this, not you. I know that it was fun and all that, but I did this. My action was that I caused this to happen. There was no other way that a 100-year-old woman was going to have a baby. God got the glory, and he did because Abraham decided to step out. Number two, dynamic faith speaks out. This is a big one. Dynamic faith speaks out. James chapter 2, verse 25. In the same way was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous. <laughs> prostitute, word, and righteous. There's, there's like one word between prostitute and righteous. Only God can do that. Rahab, the prostitute, was considered righteous in right standing with God. For what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. Let's look at what Rahab said. Right? What did the prostitute say? Joshua 2, verse 8 and 9. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof. And what? Said to them, I know. She was probably saying it to herself. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Because I know these things, because I've said these things, my action is going to be I'm going to help you even at the risk of my own life. (laughs) What are you saying about your circumstance? What do we say about our circumstance? What are you posting about your circumstance? It's bad enough that we say things and put words into the air that go against our own faith, but now we're putting it in writing for others to see that we have no faith. Listen, I'm not telling you to lie about your circumstance. I'm telling you to make the, 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 the difference between truth and fact. The fact may be that you have some kind of disease or you have a mental disability. The fact may be some of these other things, but they are not the truth. truth. For the truth is that by the stripes of Jesus, you are already healed. Right? It is written. Jesus said, it is finished. He finished the work on the cross. He he did it all. And it is our faith in that that causes it to happen. But our faith speaks out. So where's your faith? What are you saying about your circumstance? See, what you're saying about your circumstance is what you're going to get. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm good. 
The enemy, you know, is, is uh, trying to uh, attack me in this area of my life. But the word says. That's where we fall short. Our confession, what are we saying? We're saying what we think the word says or we're quoting our. No, get yourself into the Bible. Learn the word. Get it in you. That's what's going to change what you say. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what do we do? We gather information. Listen, I'm not against preachers, for I am one myself, right? But sometimes we just receive what people say to us because we don't want to go look it up ourselves. We just take whatever's being spoken from here, YouTube. You can listen. There's some great, awesome ministers out there, a hundred times better than I am. And I know it. I listen to them. I watch them. Some of them I watch, and I'm very careful how I watch them because every once in a while, there's a little thing they put in there, and I'm like, man, that's not what the Word says. And this sickness came upon me, and it was such a blessing because it helped me through this situation, and it caused me to focus on God. Right? No. That's why I always say, eat the, eat the meat and throw away the bones. Right? Find the meat in the message, and that's what you keep. The bones, you don't eat. Let's, let's get rid of that, because that's not, that's not going to help you. That is not truth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for... <laughs> right? They're not watching me. <laughs> They're big time. <laughs> right? But we listen, and we just accept it, instead of going and finding it for ourselves. Forget what... This person said, and that almost said a name. This person said, and that person said, what did God say? What did God say about my circumstance? Right? What did God say? This is what we need to live our life by. Not by what somebody, oh, I have a revelation and interpretation of the Bible that nobody else has. Run. Run from that person. I'll say that right into the camera. Run. Get away from there because God, God's revelation has already been revealed. And one person doesn't get it. This is for all of us. This is not for me to get revealed to give it to you. You could read this and get the same revelation I do because it's all the same. It's a living organism. It breathes. It grows inside of us. Why is it that sometimes I read a scripture and 10 years later I read it again and it means something different to me? The scripture didn't change. You did. You changed. Your heart changed. You're in a different place. So now you read it and you're like, wow, that is so good. That was hidden all this time. No, it was in plain sight. You just didn't see it. It's always there. Come on, if we could keep, cut, let's trim the fat and keep it simple. Jesus died on the cross for us to have the benefits of healing, have the benefits of a sound mind, have the benefits of prosperity, have the benefits of a good marriage, have the benefits of uh, uh, being delivered from addiction, have the benefits of restoration. We, we've been given so many benefits. Let's just believe that. It really is that simple. If we just believe that, what are you saying about your circumstance? Be careful what you say. Matthew 9, 21, for she said unto herself, the woman with the issue of blood, for she said unto herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. You know, sometimes it's like I'm dealing with, I won't say anything, but I'm dealing with something that's keeping me from being able to, this is not true, I'm just making this up, I'm not dealing with that, but getting up in the morning and, and being able to have energy to make it through the day. So you lay there at night and you pray. Lord, and, and please, if this is your prayer and this is the level of your faith where you're at, that's fine. Just don't stay there. Let's grow, right? Let's, let's move somewhere else. So you lay there and you pray and you ask God, Lord, tomorrow just give me the strength to be able to, you know. Okay, that's great. You prayed. Let's end that prayer by tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to open my eyes. And I'm going to be filled with the strength of God. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm full of God's joy. And he is going to strengthen every bone in my body. He's going to clear my mind. I'm going to do my job to excellence. And at the end of the day, I'm going to have enough energy to worship you, to love on you. I, you know, oh, I'm tired. I can't go to church. Halfway up the mountain with the cross on his back. I'm tired. I can't do this. He didn't do that, did he? He dropped it and they put it back on his shoulder and he dropped it and they put it back on his shoulder and he drug himself all the way up there. I'm too tired. God strengthened me. And then thank you, Lord, for strengthening me. Right? Lord, clear my mind of these thoughts that I'm having. Thank you, Lord. 
And then sometimes our action is removing what's giving us those thoughts. Sometimes we're watching something or listening to something or doing something that's causing us to think in a way that's causing us to speak out without faith. Watch out what you say about your circumstance. I encourage you to say the word. You'll never go wrong. Number three, dynamic faith works out. I like this one. Come on, Fernando, we're going to work out our faith, right? Mr. 405 over there. Dynamic faith works out. James 2.26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds or action is dead. Feed your faith a good diet of the word of God. People who work out, you have to eat a certain amount of proteins and carbs, and you have to eat this and do that and do the other, right? There's a certain diet that you have to have to be able to work out and for it to have an effect on your body. Isn't that true? Feed your faith a good diet. Work out your faith. Dynamic faith works out. Exercise your faith regularly. Put action to what you believe. That's that whole, I'm going to lay here, Lord. And my back hurts so much, I can't even move. But Lord, you're going to lift me up out of this chair, and I'm going to walk. No, you got to get up. You gotta, you're the one that's got to do something. It's not going to, oh, Lord, I'm so broke. I'm so po. I can't even afford the O-R on the end of that word. I'm so po. Lord, just provide somehow, my Lord, my Savior, my King. Provide for me, for you are the the owner of a a cattle of a thousand hills. And Lord, oh, provide for me. And and then you just lay there. No, go get a job. Go get a job. Right? There's a whole book about it, the book of Job. The day you stop laughing, I'll stop saying that joke. Right? Do something. Get up and do something about it. Nobody's going to come knocking on your door and hand you a check. We want, we want to believe for that. How do we do that? Oh, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. No one's at the door yet. Oh, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe. When you come to church and you sit down, oh, I'm so poor. Oh, I'm so broke. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, and you say, you tell everybody about it, hoping somebody's going to, oh, bless the Lord, somebody gave me some money. That's not faith. You don't understand. I can't get, I I have a, a social anxiety and I'm not able to get around people outside. And, you know, you're seeing a lot of that. I'm not mocking that. That, that, that is a real thing. That is a, that is a, a, a fact. But the truth is that I have the mind of Christ. And wherever I go, God goes with me. How can I be anxious when God is with me? Not only with me, but he's in me. God's not just in me. He works on my behalf. His glory goes before. His favor comes with. Oh, man, by the time you're done, you're giving everybody else social anxiety. (laughs) We used to have these parties. We used to have these parties, and we had a lot of... Uh, of friends that were all Hispanic Venezuelans. We had a lot of Venezuelans, Colombians. And, and this one uh, particular person, he had a couple of boys. And what, we had a party, and we were all gathered together, and they walked in, and the boy comes in. He goes, I'm here. He was like five years old. I'm here. The party can start. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm like, that's the way it should be. Right? Not that we walk in, you know, you don't want to end up in an insane asylum, but... You know, you walk into a place and you're like, he's here. Not I'm here, but he's here. Why? Because I'm here and he lives in me and he comes with me and he, he does everything. Right? He's here. Come on. Dynamic faith works out. Exercise your faith. Cardio builds stamina and is good for the heart. Faith in action requires stamina. We're too, we give up so fast. Because we're not working out our faith. We get weak too quickly. We have scriptures, walk by faith. Not sit by faith or lay down by faith. See, walking is an action. See, I have fought the good fight. I have run the race and kept the faith. That word kept is an action. When you keep a garden, when you keep your marriage, when you keep, right? Kept is an action. You have to do something to keep something, don't you? Come on, we have to work out our faith. 
I'm going to end with this scripture in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. That's right. New International Version says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Look at it, the same scripture in the Message Bible. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 in the Message Bible. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. Why is he saying the beginning? You remember your faith at the beginning? You had to have faith that a loving, holy God, great God, was going to come and forgive you of your sin, live inside of you, and make you a brand. Did it not take faith for that? It is such a simple faith. It is a faith of first love kind of faith. right? You have done all these things, but you lost your first love. I have one thing against you, God said in Revelations to the church in Ephesus. I have one thing against you. You've left your first love. What is that first love? Man, that moment when I believe, I just believe that God loves me. And he accepts me just like this. And he took me into his arms. And he forgave me of all my past sins. And then he renewed me and made me a brand. I went back to the beginning. We've been, we've been, we've been taught for too long. We've got so much stuff. We know so much. We need to get back to that place in the beginning. Do what you did at the beginning. We just believed because he said so well he said so but you know there's another scripture that says this and and this pastor preached this and and this revelation about this over here and we got to understand that you know no you don't have to understand anything you just have to believe you just have to believe when i was living among you you lived in responsive obedience now that i'm separated from you keep it up better yet redouble your efforts be energetic in your life of salvation reverent and sensitive before god come on we need to work out our faith right i want to do you want a strong faith i want a strong faith i want one that just believes in the simplest form in the simplest way there's some of us sitting here this morning and you're like i've been believing this for this and I have scriptures on my refrigerator and on my mirror and I look at them and I you know and I just I don't know why I tried I tried and it didn't work brother Hagen would say that's your problem you tried because when you try something there's the always the opportunity for failure I tried but doubt came in. I tried, but fear came in. Today, we're going to trim the fat of all that stuff. And we're just going to believe in simple faith that what God said is true. Come on. What God said is true. Let's say that together. What God said is true. I am the healed of the Lord. By the stripes of Jesus, I am already healed. Look at you, you're quoting with me. Why isn't it operating in our lives? Because we've lost our simple faith. We, we don't work it out anymore. We just close our eyes and we squint our forehead. We bring our eyebrows together and we try really hard. Oh Lord, oh Lord, I just believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Where's your action? If we believe, what are we going to do about what you believe? What are you going to do that you couldn't do before? Come on, stand to your feet this morning. I believe, Lord, in the simpleness of your word, in the truth.
Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.